Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Hey guys, it's Erica. Welcome back to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. This is part two of our episode one where I share my journey with anxiety. Now, just a disclaimer, I don't love this story. I don't love putting it out there about how I got anxiety. It's something that I actually hid for so long because I was so deeply ashamed. And I just wanted to share that because I know that with this anxiety condition, we can feel like things that we did Um, gave us this condition and are our fault, and we can take on a lot of shame with that. Um, That's the biggest struggle for me with my anxiety is the shame that comes with it. I've always tried to hide it or um, keep it a secret, and it's really, really harmful when you do that. So I'm happy to get this episode out here now. It's not my natural tendency to want to share this with the world, to be perfectly honest, but I hope that you'll get some peace from it. And I'm happy to be transparent if it's going to help somebody. So here's part two of mine and Dr. Barr's conversation. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. Um, for me, I'd say it was probably a little bit of both. I have always had a very um, overactive imagination. I tend to be more on the creative side. So with creativity, I think comes a lot of <laughs> unpleasant things sometimes, too, with where our well, minds go. Well, sometimes that. That's right. Sometimes yeah. that accompanies it. Yes. Um, I recall as a child wanting to stand on the same side of the room when my mom would make dinner, just in case the earth split in half. Um, but, you know, I was probably four, year, four or five years old at this time. So that's why my yeah. my ideas were, I don't even think I had experienced an earthquake at this point. I think I'd probably saw something on TV. Um, I I remember kind of developing a fear of like choking at a younger age, like, oh, I, yeah, I pro- again, probably saw something on TV, um, was able to imagine myself in that situation. And so there were times where I, I remember just kind of obsessing about things. But I would say for the most part, my personality was described as laid back um, growing up. I I don't think I was uh-huh. I was more of a quiet person. You know, I don't think I was the most outgoing person in the room ever. Um, but when I was, um, a teenager, uh, late teens, I, um, decided to smoke marijuana, which was the worst decision I have ever made in my life to this day. I had mm. smoked before. Um, and I remember being okay. so embarrassed to tell you the story, by the way, cause I was like, uh, you know, pot was not legal at the time. And it was like, I. I swear I I didn't do anything bad, um, but sometimes 
marijuana can uh, can have that negative connotation. But anyways, I I had experimented with marijuana in the past and it had always made me very anxious. So what was I doing with marijuana? I don't know. But I was young and, you know, whatever. So I smoked and I got incredibly high. Okay. Like I smoked in a in my okay. car. And so I got, you know, I I guess I was getting all of, you know, they call it hot boxing, got all the right. smoke and so I was to the point where um I was just, I mean, I had been terrified when I had been high before, but I, I was at the point where I thought I was going to die. And I don't know, you know, they say they make it very strong, especially here in California. It can be very, very potent yes. stuff. Um, and I know it sounds yes. like an uh, exaggeration to those who don't, who actually get relaxed from marijuana and who might be listening. I, I am the opposite. So I found myself um, for hours unable to get out of feeling high. And thinking I was going to die. Um, I didn't know what. It was terrifying. I didn't know what to do. I ended up taking sleeping pills to fall asleep. uh, Your Tylenol PM type. Just just to get out of it. Okay. Um, Yes. And woke up. Felt. It was so interesting. We were talking about depersonalization earlier. I felt depersonalization, which felt like still being high. So that was an extremely scary combination for me because not only did I not know why I was feeling depersonalization, I thought, what if I'm high forever now or something? Like, what if this is permanent? What if I did something to change my brain chemistry? Wow. I had no idea. That's right. Now, did you hear all that whole series of what ifs that you just said? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Those are those are massively scary thoughts. They were. They were huge. I'm going to be high forever. (laughs) This is a forever situation. Yeah. I'm never going to be okay again. I hurt my brain. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. And I don't I don't know if I thought I was going to be high forever, (laughs) but I thought that I was going to feel something of that forever. I didn't I I didn't know what happened. And I'll I hit it. For so long, because I'll tell you, I did not think maybe I was so sane anymore. I did, and I think that sounds maybe a little strange, but I think it's very typical of a person to become more and more fearful about their emotional well-being. I wasn't till I finally heard somebody say, "If you were going crazy, you wouldn't know <laughs> that I got was able to get some relief later in life." Um, well, that's right. So, so there's there's a one of the differences between. Um, anxiety disorders and and what we call crazy or um, in in my field we would say okay but that would be more on the psychotic end Mm -hmm. you know and quite frankly that depersonalized feeling makes you feel like well maybe I am psychotic maybe I'm going crazy I'm losing my mind Uh and um, what a scary thought and feeling that is Um, See, and and that's just it. Is it's com- it's a complete feeling. It's a complete sensation, <clears throat> and it's convincing mm-hmm. uh, from the inside out. It's convincing, and it really builds uh, from the outside in. You can look at it and kind of go, "Oh, well, that shouldn't bother you too much." But from the inside out, it's it's a hundred percent in. Oh yeah, and it really built on itself. It became that when I had to do public speaking or um, needed to. Uh, you know, do do certain things that made me nervous, I started to feel depersonalization. It was always my friend that was right yeah. there um, when yeah. I, I needed it the least, 
<laughs> you know, it was always that's right. It was always there to welcome me when I felt the most fear, and it just kept manifesting. I I was taking, you know, I took my first flight after that, and it was terrifying. All of a sudden, I I, I didn't know if I was going to lose control, and I had depersonalization, and I just wanted. Just want to say now, um, I don't have depersonalization anymore at all. I don't have it at all. And wonderful that when I when I talk about this stuff, I've forgotten so much about it. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like that's you know, I don't I don't ever experience that anymore. Um, thank God. So isn't that lovely? Yeah, isn't that lovely? And I did, and, and that's that's the hope that that we want people to hear mm-hmm. is that. You know, there there is healing. There there is a way out of this disorder. Yes. Um, you just don't have to live with it and suffer through it all the time. Right. And I don't need to sit here and tell you how bad it was. I could tell you countless stories about how many years I spent and how many embarrassing situations I ended up in because I was either trying to hide that I was panicking or somebody found out I was panicking and didn't understand um whatever i mean it's yes. it's really not important anymore because it's a thing of the past and that's exactly what we want anybody listening to be able to say is they we don't want that's you right. to hang out with us forever <laughs> we want you to get through this and that's that's the beauty of this is we believe that there's actually a process to do that that's right uh we we feel like there there is a process and that it is um if you're willing to practice it, it will work. If you're not willing to practice it, it won't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can know the field better than I know the field. But if you won't practice the changes, it won't work because this is a practice kind of therapy that that makes the difference for this disorder. And so it, you, you must practice. Uh, and the better you, the more you practice, the more often you practice, the faster the change happens for you. But it, it's a it's a uh, learn. It's based on learning theory, and it is a cognitive behavioral program. Uh, Are you saying that there's a a way to do things calmly in the future that maybe you never imagined that you could get back to doing? Yes, um, that you that you would feel so differently in doing some of these things that you thought you could never do again I... uh, without feeling terror. I feel the because skeptic. Not, <laughs> I feel the skepticism all over again, even yeah. though I know it's true. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, that's no, right. no, no, for these people that's listening. Right. Yes, that's right. But you see, I'm not interested in you experiencing the terror all over again. I'm interested in you learning a different way to go through that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember the, you telling me that the terror is overwhelming. Yes. Yes, I yeah. I remember being so afraid that you were going to throw I I knew I was at the point where I needed some exposure. How was I ever going to ride an elevator? I remember you saying this. How do you ever ride an elevator if you never rode an ride an elevator, right? So, how do you get yourself That's back right. in those situations if you feel like everything in you is going to burst if you do it? If you're going to you might die, right? That's how you feel. Your body doesn't know the difference. Um That's right. So the that's what the whole problem is at this point is I'm so stuck. Um, that's right. And 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 really, you're kind of happy being stuck in a weird way and in some respect because it's so scary to think about going near what you 
are fearing that you kind of have chosen to stay, you know, on the outside of the elevator and take the stairs or not take the flight. Well, yes. Um, and it and it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. because um, you've found a way to limit the fear. Right. You see, and you've you've found a way to stay safe. And um, so that and, and it's and it's fairly predictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, all I have to do to stay safe is not take an elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is then that grows, you know, yes. if, um, so it, it doesn't stay in one place. It starts getting larger and larger. And then, uh, you know, then it's, well, I can't go in that elevator, but I can go in that bigger elevator, but then, then the bigger elevator, it doesn't work either. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I can go one floor, but no, I can't go. <laughs> I used to say floors. I could go up, but not um, down. <laughs> You know, that was really a thing I said. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, because of different sensations, you mm-hmm. know, because riding in an elevator gives you sensations and you're so sensitized to what your body is feeling at that point mm. um, that that it it just takes off on you. And that's that's where the anxiety has a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And. Um, oh, it's very convincing. It's very convincing. Now, I want to ask you something. I googled agoraphobia today um it came up as a fear of places and situations that might cause panic helplessness or embarrassment it's a anxiety disorder that often develops after one or more panics panic attacks um the treatment below that this is the first thing that comes up on google.com treatment can help but this but this condition can't be cured how devastating is that to to google and find do you think it can't be cured? Well, I think that's very devastating to hear that. Um, yeah. Because and and there is a lot of controversy in the field about that. Mm. Um, uh, from um, a psychiatric standpoint, it is considered a recurring disorder. Okay. That it is something you're always going to live with, and it could recur. Mm. Um, now, having having been where I've been. And having uh, gotten through it myself and having gotten so many other people through it mm-hmm. on their journey, I feel like this is that that's one of the exciting things that I that I can say is I think you can completely overcome this disorder mm-hmm. and get back into life without feeling these kinds of feelings and having this terrible suffering that goes on. Uh, it is just not it, you don't have to live with it. Uh, you can live in a different way so that you don't have that to have to live with. Right. And now everyone is different. You know, um, some people struggle and struggle. Uh, and I've, I've worked with folks who uh, need medication in order to feel better. I've worked with folks that um, abhor medication and want nothing to do with it. Hmm. So medication may or may not have a place in, in a person's um, treatment. And it can be very helpful for some people and not helpful for others. Mm-hmm. It Every person is so different. It's just amazing. Um, and that's also why my work is never boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, <laughs> every, everybody is, is different. Every situation is different. Um, I can it's, imagine. It's all very fascinating. I know you were, able, I, I was able to get off medication during the time I saw you. Um that was something I was prescribed by my doctor 
<clears throat> after I had just gotten married and <laughs> was waking up in the middle of the night, which I now understand as flight. I was waking up mm-hmm. in the middle of the night with so much adrenaline, I feel, felt like I needed to run. And I was a newlywed right. at this time in a new city, a bus- very busy city, um, where my but my husband, who has like the calmest nervous system known to man, is trying to figure out why I'm getting up at three o'clock and needing and f- uh, saying I'm basically saying I can't breathe. I'm suffocating and I have to run. Um, yes. So there was there was that going on. Um, it was at that time that my doctor prescribed medication. It was um, like a antidepressant type medication. Yes. Um, I was able to get relief with sleep, but I was really never able to get over my phobias. And I have nothing against medication. I'm just talking about it from my perspective. This, that's all I can say. Um, I, I was not able to overcome phobias on medication, but I was able to start to mostly sleep through the night without um, too much panic. But it was through working with you that I got off medication and have not been on medication since then. Yes. Well, I think that that kind of thing happens to many, many people. Mm-hmm. Um, medication is given with good intent and um, sometimes with very, very good success. And, um, you know, if if uh, I've known people who have had one panic attack, they went to their doctor, the doctor gave them some uh, medication, mm-hmm. and they've never had another panic attack. And it's kind of like, Good for you. It didn't mm-hmm. take hold. You 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 passed right on through it mm-hmm. um, and got back into life. But once once the panic gets a hold of you, you have that second panic attack. Mm-hmm. And first of all, sometimes you don't know what it is. Um, yeah. Lots of people have ended up in the emergency room, um, yeah. had multiple tests. Um, some some people have have spent thousands of dollars in the emergency room being tested for, because they know they have some dread disease that somebody has not found yet. Mm-hmm. And the doctor keeps saying, we, we don't find anything. Um, right. Have you considered that maybe you're having a panic attack? And it's so discrediting to think, you know, to have somebody tell you there's nothing wrong with you. Yes. And I'm here to say there is something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. The thing that is wrong with you is you have panic disorder. And it's it's very real, and we know what it is. It's not a physiological disorder that can be cured physiologically that way. Uh-huh. But there is something wrong, and it's very real, and it's devastating. And it's a lot of learned, and, learned bad habits. Yes, and it, it's based in learning, um, and we can learn a different way to be. I, I like to think of... Uh, the the program that I use, I like to think of it as giving people a toolkit. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, my job is to give you a toolkit and have you practice with these tools so that you can go out and live. Well, we hope that we're able to shed some light on uh, this topic. We know it's so it's a little bit heavy to listen to, but hopefully, we're providing more hope than anything that sounds scary or overwhelming. Um, throughout the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk more about the process of getting better, um, what we feel we have to offer, and um, also hopefully answer some of your questions. 
But for closing, I thought since this is a topic that can kind of maybe feel like a little defeating or like it's beating you up a little, maybe that's something you're dealing with so much in your life. Anyway, I thought, um, why don't we close with something a little bit lighter? And it's something that cracks me up is that I recently learned that Dr. Barr hates my favorite movie. Which is what about What's Bob? What's your favorite movie? <laughs> what about Bob? What about Bob? Um, oh, no. He saw it from a totally <laughs> different perspective, which I never, you know, I I always found Bob to be the lovable guy. Um, I saw that movie when I was really young, and and what's funny is when I started having my really bad anxiety, I just always thought it was so funny the way he verbalized things because. It's not in you know it's not meant to be insensitive it's just it's funny I mean Bob is lovable and he's nervous and I could totally relate to that but Dr Barr has a perspective uh that's a, a little bit oh my different than mine Erica that movie was my worst nightmare <laughs> <laughs> You imagine being followed have... to Lake Winnipesaukee while on vacation with your family by a patient Oh that's right. Oh. You know, it's like, oh no, I'm being stalked. But if it was Bob, it would be kind of fun, right? <laughs> oh, it's so funny too. Um, one of my one of my fishing buddies. Um, it's his favorite movie. Also, is it? Is he a therapist? And so he's all. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Makes uh, sense. He, then he's an accountant, but uh, <laughs> he he, uh, he always is threatening me that he's gonna gonna put on what about Bob? are you serious oh my gosh i my friend and i can whenever we're we're gonna like meet we're like okay baby step to four o'clock i mean we use that movie in our lives in so many different ways i can quote the whole movie to you so can you really i hope i'm not amazing i hope i'm not scaring you now i mean i am a i am one of your your uh clients who you uh, have gotten into uh, business with now. So. Well, that's kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> I won't be showing up at your door, though. Don't worry. I don't know, though. If you had that great of a lake house, you might see me, you know, getting, yeah, off, getting off the bus. Or No, I'm just kidding. I really am scaring him now. Um, but it's, it was fun. It cracked me up because I never thought I always thought Dr. Marvin was kind of mean. Like he's and and now of course I get it. You know, obviously that is crazy what happens in the movie. But um, well, and and I I am able to see it from the other perspective and, and <laughs> see the humor of it. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you didn't laugh much in the yeah, theater, I, though, did you? Not not at the time. <laughs> I had to see it again before I could get the humor of it. Is like, oh my god, this is this is a nightmare. <laughs> you Don't felt like you <laughs> you were seeing like a slasher flick or something, and everyone else is cracking yeah. up. That's right. <laughs> I yeah. Oh, I like my whole family quotes Bob. I mean, we are <laughs> such Bob fans, so I I love that it disturbs you so much. It just cracks me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh goodness, life is is uh, is good, and life is short, and so we might as well have some fun while we go through. Yeah, we need to we'll laugh. laugh where we can. Yeah, laugh is, and, laughter is so uh, important. So, you know, even though this is a serious disorder and I take it seriously mm-hmm. uh, because I've I've been on the suffering end of that and there's nothing funny about suffering. Yeah. At the same time, uh, laughter is a very good medicine. And so if we can help people laugh a little bit, that's a good thing. Yeah. And uh, we may as well laugh our way through and lighten the whole situation, I hope. They might just need to put on What About Bob, too. I don't know. 
if they, especially if they haven't seen it yet. <laughs> That's right. If you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. <laughs> Definitely. Well, th- right. thank you so much, Dr. Barr. It was really cool doing this um, first podcast together. Mm-hmm. We will both be back um, next week. So yes. we hope that you look out for our next podcast. And uh, we also wish you a lot of success this week. Much success. Absolutely. Hope to see you. Hope to have you check in next week. And it'll be nice talking with you again, Erica. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know exactly what you're going through. And that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. So if you want a totally free copy of the Relaxation CD, well, MP3 actually, that helped change my life forever, come on over to the Life Free of Anxiety Facebook or Instagram page. Send me a message and I'll send it over as our gift to you. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.